Hello and welcome to the WWE versus AEW podcast. We are live. I am your host, Daniel. And yeah, I, I hope it played. I hope it just played that little intro video at the start. I'm not sure if it did, but I'm hoping that it did. How's everyone doing? Today's show, we're going to be talking the big news regarding the WWE network ending in the middle of March. We're going to be talking about Edge's triumphant, well, was it really triumphant? Edge's second return around the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. And we're also going to be talking about that really good Dynamite show last night. Did everyone enjoy Dynamite last night? I thought it was, it, it wasn't like anything like mind-blowing. There was nothing, do you know what I mean? There was no like big, big, like match, big news coming out of it. But I do think overall it was a really, really good show. Um. So yeah. Basically, I know what everyone's wondering. What are you drinking today? What fizzy pop have you got on offer today? I've got a Fanta Zero. Fanta Zero. I've swapped the Coke, the Coca-Cola Zero, and I'm on Fanta Zero. But there's only one of me today, so it's going to be hard work actually squeezing um, the drink in. I've had... How, how's everyone's week been? Mine's been cold again in the UK. Cold, wet. Window cleaning is basically doing my training at the moment, but hey, enough about that. Let's get into let's get into some of the stories from this week. And um, the, the week started with the big news that basically, and um, the WWE Network. I mean, last week it was I think it was it Meltzer was reporting that maybe that um, NXT would be moving because of this deal, but basically Peacock, as it is in the US, had basically took out a five year deal to take over the WWE network. So it's essentially it'd be like it'd be like you taking out a 5-year rent of a property. That is yours for 5 years, but once it's over it will go back to the owner. Um so yeah, so for the next 5 years basically the WWE network is going over to Peacock and this is only in the US, in the UK, in Canada, rest of the world basically. It's nothing's going to change. It's still going to be $9.99 is what we pay. Um, but the good news for people in the US is it is going to be $4.99, $4.99 a pop. So, yeah, you're basically getting WWE Network for half the price. I'm not, I, I don't know if Peacock are hoping that, like, well, if NBC Universal are hoping that it's going to get more, more subscribers. I'm not really sure if that's going to make any difference because one thing that we have learned with wrestling fans is we're basically prepared to pay. Do you know what I mean? Whatever the cost is, it's like AW pay-per-views. AW pay-per-views are like, what, $50, $60? And they're still getting as many people buying those shows as they would do um, from the regular pay-per-views. I mean, if they're charging $20. But it is crazy, really, because if you look at it, they're paying, it's a bit, around a billion dollars, the deal. So they're going to be paying $200 million, $200 million a year. And if you work it out at $1.1 million, um, subscribers which is what it currently is in the US at 499 a pop you're looking at that would basically bring in like 65 million profit each year basically do you know what I mean so it's not actually a complete like there's a great deal for WWE if I'm honest a great deal for WWE um is it Nick Khan that's negotiated that um so yes yeah, so usually they'd make like 100 WWE it would make 130 million purely on the on the year for the WWE Network, they make 130 million, but they're getting a guaranteed 200 million, guaranteed. So people were saying, will this make WWE go out and make sure that are they going to make sure that the pay per views are better? The answer to that, really, no. They don't have to make, the, but they don't have to put a big match on a pay per view. They don't need to be like, oh, we need to make this pay per view stacked so people sign up to the network. They've already got their guaranteed money in. 
I mean, they weren't even doing that when they was the ones they were the ones relying on the income for the network. So let alone why they do it when someone else is. So if anything, they're just going to put even more concentration on making the TV show um, more watchable, <laughs> which wouldn't be hard really if anyone watched Raw and um, the other week. So yeah, they're not going to be looking at making these pay per views stacked. They're just gonna they're just gonna plod along, aren't they? They'll probably try and get as many pay per views out as they can with little or next to no build. But if they're concentrating on TV, I mean, let's get into Raw. I mean. This is the third live show that I've done on a week-to-week basis, um, except the ones, obviously, that I used to do um, pre-recording. And every week, Raw, building up to this Royal Rumble show, it's just been... It's been poor, hasn't it? It really has. I mean, this week, I I woke up Tuesday morning in the UK to just see edges in the Royal Rumble. I was like, all right, sorted. It was just a backstage, well, pre-taped promo. It was a good promo. Do you know what I mean? If you remember those Edge promos leading up to his feud um, with Randy Orton, well, his feud that's probably still going on, but leading up to that WrestleMania match um, with Randy Orton, last year he was doing some great promos, pre-recorded promos. Um, I think customers texting me. Do one. Um, he was doing some great pre-recorded promos. And this was another one too, but it it's like... Raw, try, they're, try, they're doing things to try and get ratings, yeah? They had Triple H return the other week to try and pop a rating, yeah? Didn't work. So you'd think that, like, I can't work out why they wouldn't have advertised Edge is going to be on the show this week. Or even at the end of last week, maybe had Adam Pearce come out and say, look, next week, Edge is on the show. And we'd have had a week of speculating, oh, is Edge going to be back? Is he going to declare himself for the Rumble? But no, it was just... And coming up next, we're going to be speaking to the rated R superstar Edge. And it's just like, loving that behind me. How long that is going to last, I don't know. Because I don't know how long the self-timer is. So that could go at any moment. But it looks pretty, doesn't it? What does everyone reckon to this anyway? Shout out to Martin. Um, you used to do the Shoot Talk podcast on our network. He designed this lovely little graphic for me. We, uh, well, an overlay. We got there in the end. I'm going to be honest with you. We made this screen, the screen that I'm on, smaller. Right, it was like like that, yeah. But the problem was it was zooming in on my face, so we've expanded it so it's wider. But we've got the nice little bit at the bottom. Check us out on Twitter, all there, ready for you. And at the top, we've got all the places you can find the podcast. But yeah, so Edge, I mean, it, as I say, it was a good promo, but I just can't work out why they didn't advertise this promo. Why didn't advertise that Edge was going to be on the show? I mean, the show, Raw, it was basically the same as last week. So, who knows? They could have maybe got onto the 2 million mark with this. I think they did, like, just... I've not got it in my notes. I think they did, like, 1.8 million or something along those lines. And they could have added an extra an extra lot. But something that I tweeted out um, earlier in the week, I don't know if people, people might saw this, but I tweeted out people were complaining about the main event, Oscar versus Alexa Bliss again. Um, main event is raw. It didn't really keep, it didn't maintain in the third hour um, the viewers that they might have wanted to. But here is just a little indication, right, of why WWE, all these people are like, oh, the Fiend stuff, it's it's crap, it's rubbish, I don't like it. I mean, I don't mind it. I en- A lot of people last year, did people enjoy the Firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania last year? I enjoyed it. I thought, I don't know, it was a bit different to the show. Watching the matches in that empty arena setting in that... The performance center was a bit, do you know what I mean? It was a bit repetitive, weren't it, over two nights? So I thought it added a little bit of difference. It was all the nice little touches we've seen her as the end, 
NWO, the Nikki Bella shout out, stuff like that. I thought it was good, um, but a lot of people didn't, apparently. But I just want to talk about this. So on Raw, what are we now? We're Thursday evening in the UK. What is it? Thursday lunchtime in the States. So we're like approaching 72 hours from Raw. Okay, so if you look at the views on WWE's YouTube, now I know people say the views don't mean that much in terms of revenue, but it is, and WWE will use this stuff as an indicator of what people are interested in watching, not necessarily what they'll like. I mean, wedding segments. So wrestling fans don't really like wedding segments on wrestling TV shows, do they? But it always draws a rating. Next week, uh, Penelope... And Kip Sabian getting engaged, well, married or whatever, right? That would probably pop a rating. We might not necessarily like that segment, but it draws people in. And if you look at these YouTube views, so on Raw last week, so they've uploaded the videos on their YouTube. AJ Styles versus R Truth match got 378,000 views thus far, right? Edge's return promo. Edge, he's been out after 10 months. 10 months out, what is it? No. It's in probably about eight months. He's been out for eight months, right? And his big promo, his big return, the whole internet wants Edge back, yeah? Right? 624,000 views. So all the people who were loving Edge being back, only 624,000 people went on WWE's YouTube and saw out this video. Drew and Goldberg, their showdown, which The Miz basically ruined. 1.6 million views on YouTube. So almost a million extra than the Edge return promo. And by a landslide, the most viewed video, the Oscar Alexa Bliss match, right? At the end of Raw, a whopping 4.2 million views. So all the Twitter over here loves Edge returning. They love that Edge is back, yeah? That only got 624,000 views on YouTube, yeah? Do we do look at these things? Oscar and Alexa Bliss, yeah, on the other hand, 4.2 million. That's like 3.6 million more views for the Oscar Alexa Bliss match than the Edge return promo. And for me, that's just, although I might have preferred the Edge promo, even though I bitched about it at the start of the show, although I might have enjoyed that more, and I'm sure most people listening and watching enjoyed that more, the Oscar Alexa Bliss match is what people are digging out to watch on YouTube. So you can't really blame WWE when they're pushing this. I mean, it's been the most viewed video. Anything involving Alexa Bliss has been the most viewed video and The Fiend on the WWE YouTube for weeks now. So it wouldn't surprise me if they even went with Orton and The Fiend at Mania. But hey, we've speculated. If you listen to mine and uh, Tebs's Royal Rumble prediction show, if you've not, by the way, um, go and check that out. That's in our feeds. It's on the YouTube feed, Periscope, Apple Podcasts. We did like an almost two-hour show previewing the Royal Rumble this upcoming Sunday and giving you some of our thoughts and talking about what we think will main event WrestleMania this year. So, yeah, so just a quick... So, people who hated the Alexa Bliss stuff, they hate, oh, Oscar's being buried, which that that's down to a matter of opinion. Just a little bit of understanding maybe why WWE are going so hard with this Alexa Bliss stuff in the main event of Raw. Um, I actually don't have much else to talk about, really, with WWE from this week. Um, I didn't... Usually, I would watch Raw. The last few weeks, I've been watching Raw in full, but I don't know. I was just there Tuesday, and I just didn't really feel like sitting through two and a half hours of it. So I did the easy thing to do. I went on my fire stick, went on YouTube, and I just watched some of the segments that I was interested in seeing. And I probably polished off Raw in about 20, 25 minutes, 
which you can't complain about that. Um, so yeah, that's the WWE talk on the show really done, really. Mainly we're going to be talking about AEW, but um, this Sunday is the Royal Rumble. So myself and Tebs will be doing the Royal Rumble review show um, Monday morning for our US listeners. And it will be Monday afternoon, probably about four o'clock for people in the UK. So yeah, what's everyone's plans for the Rumble? I am I always religiously used to stay up and watch these pay-per-views. Religiously, I'd be I'd be that idiot staying up to watch Unforgiven. A terrible pay-per-view. I'd be staying up till four in the morning. But real life, getting older is a lot harder to do. But I always stay up for the rumble. And I think I will well, I will be doing that on Sunday night. It's gonna be a big job. It's gonna be a four, half three, four o'clock finish UK time. So I will have to get this Fanta Zero Sugar. We'll have to be Fanta Full Sugar. So, yeah, but if you're looking for other stuff to watch this weekend, looking for a little bit of other wrestling this weekend, there is um, a couple of shows. There's the New Japan um, New Beginning show. That is, if, you, if, you're in the, if you're in the States, it's the middle of the morning, Friday going into Saturday. And if you're in the UK, it's a half eight Saturday morning start. So if you're looking to watch those New Japan shows, uh, well, the New Japan show on Saturday. Make sure you do because there is three pretty big matches. The Tenzon versus the Great Okan, which I'm sure will be fine. We've got Kojima versus Will Ospreay. They've been working well together, so I've heard in the tag team matches on the Road 2 show. So Kojima against this new type, hard-hitting Osprey, I'm sure will be a really good match. And then the main event, the main event, I mean, all the talk is about the Royal Rumble pay-per-view coming up on Sunday. Be what is it, Bash at the Beach, whatever they're calling it, Beach Blast next week. But what I think is going to be the best match of this weekend is the main event of this New Japan show. Shingo Takagi defends the never open weight title against Tanahashi. This is going to be, this is a dream match. It is going to be, I can't see it being anything else but great. So make sure you check out the Shingo versus Tanahashi, ma Tanahashi match on Saturday. Also, if you're looking for something else, Dragon Gate have um, two shows on Sunday. They're having an afternoon show and an evening show. Um, so that'll be uh, that'll be probably like Saturday night for people in the US and um, Sunday morning for people in the UK. So make sure you check out those two Dragon Gate shows, the two Dragon Gate shows and the Saturday New Beginning show for New Japan. I mean, we'll just wrap up the WWE talk and the weekend talk by running through the Royal Rumble card. I mean... Matt Riddle went over the Hurt Business on Raw, but they didn't actually announce if he would be um, wrestling Lashley for the US Championship on the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. It might be a late addition. Not quite sure. Maybe they'll do it on the pre-show, the way they've treated um, Matt Riddle so far. But the Royal Rumble card is, we've got the Women's Rumble, the Men's Rumble, Goldberg versus Drew for the WWE title where Miz is promising a cash-in. We've got Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns, last man standing. And Charlotte and Oscar defending against Nia and Shayna, the women's tag champions. I'll just give out my quick predictions. Women's Rumble. Bailey. Men's Rumble. I don't know. Edge just throwing a bit of a spanner into the works. On the prediction show, I was saying The Fiend. Um, but I wouldn't surprise me. I think the last two of the Rumble is going to be Edge and Orton. And The Fiend is somehow going to get involved. I'm not quite sure. But I'm... Guns to my head, I'm go oh. I'll go with the Fiend. The Fiend somehow is going to win the Rumble. So we've got Bailey and the Fiend. I'm going for for the Rumble matches. Goldberg versus Drew. Hmm, I'm not sure. I mean, I've heard uh, 
Brian Alvarez speculating that maybe, maybe the Miz will cash in the money in the bank contract and then it'll get overturned on Monday because Morrison will have been the one that cashed in for it. But I hope the, the, they're just teasing us, I'm hoping, and just, just have Drew beat Goldberg. Do you know what I mean? You really want to project Drew as your top guy. Just have him beat Goldberg clean. Braun did it at WrestleMania last year, so why not? Why not have Drew go over? But there is also that little, little chance that they might want Goldberg Roman at Mania. But I'm going to go with Drew. Drew for that one. Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. Can't see anybody else but Roman Reigns coming out of that one. It's only going to be Roman or Kevin Owens. But Roman Reigns is winning that one. Charlotte and Oscar versus Nia and Shayna. Charlotte and Oscar will retain the titles there. So they're my five predictions. Charlotte and Oscar, Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, The Fiend and Bailey are my predictions for the Royal Rumble. Right, let's get into the AEW side of the show. Um, AEW did their yearly awards. I'm guessing it's going to be a yearly award. So I'm going to read through some of the awards. The biggest beatdown of the... I tell you what... Do you know what? We're live and I don't care because I want a drink on her. So I'm going to have a nice little drink before we get into the AEW side. Can't believe Edge is still sticking with us. I thought it would have gone into hibernation mode, but I know. <sighs> Top quality radio if I ever saw it myself. Right. AEW Awards for 2020. It was a tough year, weren't it? <laughs> Understatement. Biggest beatdown was the Inner Circles attack on Orange Cassidy. Don't really remember that. Don't know. Blair. I was probably out at the time. It was the summer. The pubs were open over here. Um, the best Twitter follow, Nyla Rose. Not sure what that's all about. I don't follow her on Twitter that I'm aware of. Biggest surprise, Sting's AW debut. Yeah, I can see that one. The St Sting's. That was a big surprise, weren't it? Sting's debut. Um, I mean, it had been like touted for weeks, hadn't it? It had been touted for weeks. Um, but. I don't know, it was it was the rumour it was going to happen at full gear, weren't it? But they put it off, and then it happened on the winner is coming. So, yeah, that was a great moment. The LOL Award, the Young Bucks superkick MJF into the pool on the Jericho, the Jericho Cruise. Jesus Christ, that seems like a decade ago, the Jericho Cruise. Uh, yeah, I do remember, I do remember that. And, yeah, it does seem a long time ago. Biggest W2F, WTF moment. Kenny Omega wins the AEW title and walks out of AEW. Yet again, on the winner is coming show. And yeah, that was that was a crazy moment. That show, that winner is coming was definitely AEW's better. Hey, Edge is gone. He's gone. I knew that wasn't lasting. Knew it wasn't lasting. Let's see if we can get him back. Neither. Ah, we're back on that. Hey, you can look at my fire stick anyway for time being. I tell you what, let's just get this TV off. It was a nice little touch. We tried, but hey, we're off. We're off now. Um, yeah, so the best high flyer of I was talking about Winter is Coming, weren't I? Winter is Coming was definitely the best show AEW put on all last year. Um, high flyer of the year, Ray Phoenix. Now I do like that they've gone with Ray Phoenix. There was plenty of others that AEW could have gone with, but it just for me says that maybe they're putting their emphasis on Ray Phoenix. Singles push. We know that Pentagon Junior is injured at the moment. That's another little piece of news. Pentagon Junior is injured for the foreseeable future. Could be a long-term injury. 
Um, so Ray Phoenix is going to be getting a singles push. Hopefully, this guy, as he showed in that match with Kenny Omega, should be pushed to the very top of the card. Ray Phoenix is incredible. Seen him live a couple of times. So I tell you what, looking back now, this was a real treat. So me and Danny, who I used to do the podcast with, we went to watch Fight Club Pro, an independent company in the UK. And the middle of the show, the middle of that show, was Ray Phoenix versus Will Ospreay. You'd be if that happened now, that'd be huge. And it was an E. What it would have been about two years ago. And yeah, they had a great match, and that, that was incredible to see live. Um, best moment on the mic was Cody Rhodes accepting Mr. Brody Lee's dog collar match challenge. Mm, I don't know if that doesn't even ring a bell either. I mean, obviously, he would have accepted the challenge at some point, but I wouldn't say it stands out as the best moment on the mic. For me, the best moments on the mic from AW that spring to mind. I do remember um, Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston's promo when he debuted. Um, for, he accepted Cody Rhodes', Cody Rhodes challenge, didn't he? That was great, um, Eddie Kingston. That promo basically got Eddie Kingston a contract. So for me, I'm shocked that that didn't win it. Um, but yeah, we've got the breakout star male, Darby Allen. Darby Allen, yeah. What a year Darby Allen had. And well, he was... We'll be talking about Darby Allen later on as we re-review. Re re I stuttered then, don't know what's going on, as we review Dynamite. Breakout star female, Hikaru Shida. Not really many people that you could really... I mean, you could possibly say Anna Jay for that, maybe. I mean, Hikaru Shida was... She did have... She's obviously been the women's champion for most of the year, but I don't know. She It's not been the best reign for me. I mean, they've really struggled all year with the women's division. And she's not really had the opponents, has she? And they're there. I can't believe. Britt Baker's been back in action since, what, September? I can't believe they've not hit the push button on this Akara Shida britt Baker feud. We're still waiting for it, and it still doesn't look to be coming anytime soon. Um, unless Britt Baker maybe wins the uh, women's tournament coming up. Um, the pay-per-view moment of the year was the stadium stampede. Yeah, definitely. That was... That was at a low point. Everyone was down. Everyone was in a lockdown. And yeah, watching that double enough in pay-per-view, the stadium stampede was a real high moment of the year in terms of wrestling. Um, got a quick comment. Paul T. Would I don't even know what's coming up here. Would you? At least it's not the comment. If, if anyone watched that Royal Rumble show I did the other day, I can't even think what it was. Something about swallowing something. That was great. <laughs> I thought you wanted to talk about Paul T. Would you have preferred Edge's second return to be a surprise entrant again, or happy they announced it in advance? Personally, you'd, I'd prefer it to have been a surprise, but you can see why they didn't do it as a surprise. If they hadn't have done it, if they'd have done it as a surprise, people would have been comparing it to last year, and it would not have been the same moment as last year. But on the other hand, is anyone really talking about this edge return at the moment? Not, except me. Not really. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, whereas, say if like the Royal Rumble doesn't go to plan, at least people are happy that Edge came back in the Rumble. So I would have kept it till Sunday. I can't believe they didn't really. I just think it was bizarre. And to not, as we alluded on earlier in the show, to not even announce, if you're going to just have him, do you know what I mean? It weren't even like, oh, we wanted Edge to come out and get the monster pop on Raw and shock everyone. There was no fans there. So why not advertise? Nobody was going to be like, oh, they ruined that by advertising it. They should have... It was criminal to not advertise Edge 
coming back on Raw. But yeah, I would, to answer your question, Paul, I would have definitely had Edge be a surprise, as I'm sure pretty much everyone was. That would have been a buzz. Half past two, three o'clock, Sunday morning. I'm coffeeed up to death and Edge's music hits. Great. Instead, I wake up, check my phone and it's, oh, Edge is back. Great. Edge is technically gone, by the way. But yeah, so thanks for that one, Paul. Um, and yeah, so let's get into our AEW Dynamite review from last night. As I said at the start of the show, I thought, thought it was a really good Dynamite last night. I mean, there was no like huge, huge incidents, matches, stories happening, but it was just, it was just a real, I thought it flowed well. The show overall didn't drag. We opened up with Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston. It was, it, it was a decent match. These two aren't really two that you'd say would like have lots of chemistry in the ring together, but I thought they did a decent job. Um, Lance Archer telling Jake Roberts before the match, no, I don't need your help. I can do this on my own. So, Maybe they go in with splitting those two up. That'll probably, maybe that will happen. Lance Archer, maybe. Lance Archer's a tough one because it's like, he's been with the company now since what? About April last year, maybe. And he's not, I feel like, he's not really, I don't know, he's like in limbo, isn't he? He's been in limbo for ages. He's like in the middle of this feud. Like two people will be feuding and Lance Archer will be like randomly appearing in the middle of it. So I feel like they need Lance Archer to just go off get his own program, like this Eddie Kingston match, he's just been in the middle of the whole Eddie Kingston pack thing, so Lance Archer maybe have him be a babyface, although I do think he's better off served as a heel, but I, I don't even know, the bump by the way, the bump Eddie Kingston takes, so basically Lance Archer choke slams Eddie Kingston from inside the ring to outside the ring, and he has a horrible landing on the side of the ring with the side of his back, and that must have absolutely killed um, but they have Archer where he should have gone for the pin, but he lifts Eddie Kingston up because he doesn't want it. He wants to inflict more pain. So they sort of protected Lance Archer that way. And the Butcher and the Blade come out with Jake Roberts in a headlock. The Bunny passes Eddie Kingston. I think was it what Brass Knuckles or something for the win. Basically, yeah. So yeah, Eddie Kingston gets the win via Dirty Tactics. And then they proceed to beat down Lance Archer after the match with Jake Roberts helpless at ringside. So I was thinking, could they maybe have Jake the State Roberts align himself with Eddie Kingston down the line? Maybe that's where they're going with this one. But it was a nice start to Dynamite. Um, we then go to a John Moxley promo, just one of these typical John Moxley promos where he's, I don't know, he was outside somewhere, weren't he? I can't think whereabouts he was. He's just basically, he's just... WWE need to watch this promo. It was, what, 45 seconds, yeah? And it was everything in a baby face that you need. Moxley just explains he's a simple guy. He likes his beer cold. Yeah. He likes his coffee hot. And he likes to have sex in the morning, yeah? Baby face. That is how you book a baby face. You don't have your baby face coming out doing... What was Roman Reigns doing that? Suffering succotash thing. Oh, let's get him over by doing that. No. Moxley's out there, he loves sex, he loves coffee, and he loves a pint, yeah? That is exactly, that's all your babyface needs to do. And Moxley, such a cool guy, and this was a great babyface promo. Um, we then go to a segment where Sting and Darby Allen are together in this. This was a nice little changing up of things. It wasn't, I mean, Tebs alluded to this on the uh, podcast we did the other day. It wasn't just Sting and Darby Allen. Sting coming out to save Darby Allen. They stare at each other, blah, blah, blah. They're in a warehouse in a dark setting. Sting's talking about um, that they're calling them hoodlums. 
And Darbion's like, I don't care what they say. I am a hoodlum. Smashes his skateboard through the window. Sting then starts repeatedly smashing. Is based. Sting doesn't outshine Darby Allen. Darby Allen does not look out of place or any less of a star than Sting, one of the biggest stars in wrestling in the last 25 years. So that just shows why Darby Allen is the breakout star of the year and what a good job AEW have done with Darby Allen. Because Darby Allen, usually you'd think like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a WWE comparison where maybe you'd have like Goldberg and Drew McIntyre. So Goldberg is a lot more of a star at the moment than maybe a bad comparison, maybe. But Goldberg and Braun Strowman last year. Goldberg's a star. Braun Strowman's just Braun Strowman. Whereas AEW have got Sting, a superstar, and Darby Allen well on his way to being a star in the company. Um, so, yeah, it just surprised me. I wasn't expecting Darby Allen to just come across on the same level as Sting, and he did that. They've done such a great job with Darby Allen. Now, next, next, this match it wasn't really for the match. It was the moment at the end of it. And it, I literally, I laughed out loud at this. I laughed out loud. So it's Jericho and MJF versus the Varsity Blondes. Varsity Blondes, sorry. And then, so, obviously, last week we spoke about this. Jericho botched his lion's soul. Yeah, it's the first time in ages that he's done it. It happens. If you watched it, his steps were all wrong going into it. And he got absolutely hammered on Twitter this week. He gets absolutely hammered on Twitter. So Jericho on Brian Pillman Jr., he hits his Judas effect. Yeah. So this that move is always the three count. And instead of going for the pin, he goes for the lion's soul Hits the lion salt perfectly, and he has the cheekiest little grin at the camera. And I just thought that is great. That is just sticking it to the pit to all your haters. And I just thought Jericho. I just loved it. I thought it was a great moment, really funny moment. And Jericho, yeah. The people, a lot of people I've noticed on social media for whatever reasons are a bit down on Jericho at the moment. But Jericho, aside of what people think, is an absolute legend, and he's on most people's Mount Rushmore's of pro wrestling. That's it. Jericho, he knew that he was taking abuse for this, for the Lion Salt last week. So what did he do? He didn't cry about it. He got back on the horse. He hits the Lion Salt to perfection and he sticks it to all his haters. I, I thought this was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Not bad if you can stick it to all your haters on live TV. Um, we then get another theme of the night, really. One of these promos in a different setting. We've had Moxley, we had Darby Allen and Sting, and now we had Pac. I don't know if he's stuck in the UK or something, but he's like in his dungeon or whatever it is. Um, and he just, he's talking about Kenny Omega being Billy Big Bollocks and he can't wait for the tag team. Pack is full on babyface now, full on babyface. And he can't wait for the match. The tag team match with Ray Phoenix and Moxley next week against Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. And neither can I, that is going to be absolutely fantastic. But yeah, Pack, Pack is going to be a great bit. I like the fact they've got a babyface, yeah? AW aren't afraid of having babyfaces that aren't like, pandering and all slapping hands and kissing babies. Pack, he's an horrible bastard, yeah? Literally, I didn't even mean to say that. He's an horrible bastard, yeah? And that's his gimmick. Perfect. But you can cheer him doing this. Moxley loves coffee, loves beer, loves sex in the morning. It's just, I don't know, the baby, AW is showing WWE what you need to do with your baby faces to get them over. And it's, it's just great to see, isn't it? Um, next, 
we go to another another interview, and it's Shaq who's calling out Cody for a match in March. He's in like a, a new studio or something. And this brings out Cody and Arn Anderson. And uh, this was like one of the top moments of the show. Arn Anderson um, basically takes over from Cody and he talks about how um, when obviously Cody and Brandy are expecting a child, but he was saying, look, you need to concentrate. You need to not lose your concentration. I remember your dad, he flew after a match in 1985 with Tully Blanchard. He flew over to see someone born in 1985 and that was you. And you can just see Cody. Cody is going to be a baby. If he manages to get himself booed at some point, then he's done an amazing job because Cody is just... He's the top baby face in AEW, and he's got tears in his eyes, bless him, um, listening to Arn Anderson talking about his dad. And yeah, this was this was a great moment in the show. It felt it felt real. Um, and yeah, this was a, a touching moment. And then this brings out Red Velvet. Red Velvet, and I'm thinking, hmm, so Red Velvet's going to replace Brandy. It looks going to be Cody and Red Velvet versus um, Shaquille O'Neal and Jade Cargill. So... I'm thinking, oh, I'm not really so sure about this. They've just like replaced Brandy. Do you know what I mean? I don't really know much about her. But she, to every credit to her, she comes out, she comes out Red Velvet and she hits a really, really strong. It was only brief. It was only 45 seconds. She hits a really decent promo um, about stirring Jade's bitch ass up. And yeah, it was good. She, she had a lot of fire in the promo and I, I liked it. I liked it. And uh, the, she was there. The people, the people, the, I don't know if anyone spotted it. The guy in the crowd or well, one of the wrestlers by ringside, he's there going like that. And it was, yeah, it, it was a nice little moment. But yeah, the ball is, the ball is in Shaq's court. Nice little, I think it was Tony Schiavone that said that with a bit of a wink and a nod. But yeah, so it does look like at Revolution, we're going to be getting that tag team match of Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet versus Shaquille O'Neal and Jade Cargill. Now, it's not going to be a classic, is it? But it might gain outside interest. Do you know what I mean? Like we was alluding to earlier in the show with the Alexa Bliss Fiend. It might not be what like obsessive diehard wrestling fans want to see, but to people, for people, the sort of people who view stuff on YouTube or may come in and out, they want to see stuff like this, apparently. So yeah, it is a decent idea. And yeah, it'll be, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um next we get Hangman Page versus Ryan Nemeth. Um Dolph Ziggler's brother, um, Dolph Ziggler's brother. I think he, he, I'm not sure if he was in NXT, but yeah, Hangman Page beats for Ryan Nemeth. It wasn't, didn't feel like they really had much chemistry. Um, Ryan Nemeth didn't really take the bookshot lariat that well. And I was doing a bit of research and Nemeth is 36 years old. So I'm not saying the guy's no good, but usually there's a reason if you've not like been, I don't know, I've never really seen, the, seen much of the guy. So it wasn't too impressive, but that wasn't really the main point of it. Point was Matt Hardy's out, the money man in AEW. Matt Hardy's out, and he basically talks to Hangman Page after says, "Look, we know that you've had trouble with the elite. We know that we've seen you getting changed in corridors. You've got nobody to hang out with. Come and hang out with us. Come in our dressing room. We know that like the Dark Order, they need to leave you alone. Come with us. So yeah, don't, not sure where that's going. They were sort of building a Matt Hardy Hangman Page feud like a month ago. So maybe they're going to head back in that direction. Maybe look, Hangman Page doesn't really have a standout match that you'd say a match that screams out coming up at Revolution. So maybe they will. This is just the start of maybe a Hangman Page, um, Matt Hardy little program to get Hangman Page a victory on that pay per view. Personally, I'd like to see Hammond Page team up with the Dark Order at Revolution against someone, but looks like that 
that story, the Hangman page, Dark Order is going to be very, very slow. Next, probably the match of the night. And this was, this was really, really good. Um, Jungle Boy versus Dax Harwood. Dax Harwood showed what he's got in the ring. He can go as a singles guy. And he, he I wouldn't say he carried Jungle Boy because Jungle Boy did really well in this. But this was, it was a star making performance um, from both of them, really. I thought Dax Harwood was great in this match. Jungle Boy looked really good. I mean, that, oh, 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 I know I just killed that song, but the Jungle Boy song that Billy Gunn's son was having the time of his life um, singing throughout the entire match at ringside, you just know, that's when you know fans, but when there's an arena full of fans singing the Jungle Boy song, singing Chris Jericho's Judas song, it's going to be great. I'm excited to see that, but yeah, really good match. Um, and yeah, Jungle Boy is going to be a huge star in, in five years' time. Um, I'm glad that Jungle Boy got the pin. Dax Harwood is a tag team wrestler. He's never going to be pushed as a singles wrestler because he's a tag in a tag team. So yeah, it was the right decision to have Jungle Boy go over Dax Harwood here. And they had a really good match. If there's one match you need to check out from the show, then that would be it. Um, obviously, Luchasaurus was handcuffed to Cash Wheeler and uh, Tully outside. So there was no interference in the match. After the match, basically, um, they throw like some powder in Luchasaurus's face. They break away from the handcuffs, beat down Jungle Boy three on one. Um, Luchasaurus is back in the ring and they hit a bit of an awkward spike pile driver on uh, Luchasaurus. So I'm looking at that. This feud is obviously continuing. We had the match last week or the other week of Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt. Uh, versus FTR. So from this, you basically, it's looking likely, unless they announce something during the week for Beach Blast Revolution, I think we're going to see um, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus uh, FTR, which should be a really good match. So yeah, it's going to be a strong pay-per-view that. So yeah, I really enjoyed this really good match. Uh, make sure you go and see it. They chopped off the horns, the horns off the mask of Luchasaurus after the match. And they was going to cut off the hair of Jungle Boy. And I was thinking, oh, don't do that. Like he's going to take away a big part of his obviously... His appearance, but luckily Marco Stunt came out to make the save. So yeah, really good match. I went three and a half on that for you star ratings guys out there. So yeah, that was good. Um, next, Britt Baker beat Shanna. Not really much to say here. It wasn't. I don't know. I just struggled to get into the women's matches on on AEW. It's just it's all every week. It's always the segment before the main event. It's always an okay match. It's never. They just. They need to do something different with the women's division. I mean, they're doing it with this women's tournament, which is going to be USA versus the world. Um, so, yeah, we, they announced that Serena Deeb will be taking on Rio in that. Um, they've not announced a date for it. Maybe that will start at Revolution. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, at least we're going to get something different with the women's division. Um, so, Brit ba- the match itself, Britt Baker won. Thunder Rose came out to make the save um, for the beatdown after, and we get Britt Baker versus Thunder Rose next week. Please don't put it on as the match before the main event. Maybe open the show with it. Open the show with it because I'm sure Britt and Thunder Rosa will go out and have a really good match because Thunder Rosa is really good. Britt Baker's good. Um, So, yeah. I don't know who's going to win that match next week. I was thinking you'd go with potentially Britt Baker because this Britt Baker Karashida food is going to have to happen. So, maybe you just go Britt Baker by shenanigans for the win. Um, but yeah, it's going to be the, the women's division with Rio coming back. You've got Rio, Thunder Rosa, 
Britt Baker all should be chasing down Akara Shida, and they can have a good combination of matches between the four of them. So maybe there is some positives to take from the AEW Women's Division, and hopefully this tournament sort of like changes the direction and the positivity going with the AEW Women's Division. Um, backstage going into the main event, we get a Good Brothers and Young Bucks promo, and they brought back what they were saying. They was like, look, next week we want to do what we enjoy doing. We're going to beat up Ray Phoenix. We're going to beat up Pac. And we're going to beat up John Moxley. So, yeah, they, they cut the John Cena bit out of it. Um, but, yeah, that was a nice little throwback to the whole beat up John Cena um, thing that they were doing with AJ Styles back in the summer of 2016. 2016, that was... Was it 2016? Yes, yeah, the summer of 2016 was that John Cena-AJ Styles feud. Nearly five years ago. Five years ago since the whole Cena AJ Styles feud. That is crazy. Um, but yeah, Kenny Omega shows up with Don Callis, who's got his face is covered with bandages, selling the beatdown from the Young Bucks last week. We actually don't find out if there was a beatdown from the Young Bucks last week. Probably wasn't, but they're teasing that. And we go into the main event of the show. See, the show flew. It was the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers versus the Dark Order. Um, and this match was one thing I will say, which I noticed on commentary. Someone did a move, and there was like, oh, that shades of speedball Mike Bailey. I was like, Pinek, I think it was Excalibur that said it, and I was like, Speedball Mike Bailey, whatever happened to him? I've not seen him, um, well, since like the whole COVID thing, but yeah, Speedball Mike Bailey, I'd love to see him in AEW. He's a really, really strong rest independent wrestler. I'm sure most of you have seen him, but anyway, to the match, it was a really good match. It was like it was um, sort of a match, like, say if you'd ever see, like, a six-man tag in PWG, it was sort of like that, just crazy spots everywhere. John Silver, as seems to be the theme every week, is the star of the match. He's just going wild on everyone on the outside. He's throwing suplexes everywhere. This guy, for me, I was thinking, where's your ceiling? Where is your ceiling with John Silver? I mean, right now we're thinking, mm, I, I don't know, maybe opener, you know, but maybe like his match with Orange Cassidy at the last pay-per-view, but if you think about it, he is going to be so over when eventually you get fans back. I see no reason why you couldn't give him a TNT title run. I really don't. They're going to have to do, they can do something big with John Silver because the, there's going to be a groundswell of fans loving this guy if you keep this momentum going. Um, maybe, I'd say maybe a tag team run with uh, Reynolds, but obviously the Super Smash Brothers um, are the tag team of the Dark Order, but maybe, I don't know, maybe they'll do that. But Reynolds and Silver would be a great choice um, for, ta for future tag team feud, maybe. But there's, there's, that's stacked in at the tag team division. I mean, look at this week. This week, we, there was no top flight, no acclaimed. I'm not seeing the acclaimed for a few weeks. Um, so, yeah, the tag division at AEW is fantastic. I mean, they could even bring in some, like we say, we I always say bring in the trios, championships, or even maybe a junior tag belt because they... They've just got that many great tag teams. So the match itself ends. The Bucks win with a Meltzer driver after all four of them hit Stu Grayson with um, super kicks. But after the match, the Bucks come on the microphone. They say they're in the battle royal next week. So next week, there's going to be a tag team battle royal that they're going to be in. Um, basically, the, tag team, the winner of the tag team battle royal will face the Young Bucks at Revolution. But if the Young Bucks win the match, then they will choose their opponents um, for Revolution, they teased that it would be the Good Brothers. I, I can't see 
the Bucks should be facing the Good Brothers at Revolution. I think that's the way to go, and I think that's probably what will happen. It's just a question of how do we get there. Maybe the Good Brothers throw the Bucks out, and maybe the Bucks choose the Good Brothers, and we have like a match with friendly competition. But who knows? Who knows? After the match, we get the, the Dynamite. Love this. Loads of runnings at the end of the show. Don't the Phoenix is out attacks uh, one of the Jacksons, um, but he gets beaten down by the Good Brothers. Moxley makes the save. Phoenix hits a. His tope is crazy. He lands on the guardrail, sits on the guardrail with his hands up. And um, Omega comes out from nowhere, tries to attack Moxley from behind, but Moxley hits him with a paradigm shift to, and the show goes off there basically with Moxley hitting the paradigm shift on Kenny and Moxley and Phoenix pose um, as we end a really, really fun episode of Dynamite. So yeah, that, that was Dynamite. I... Really enjoyed the show. Really, I had 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10 this week. Really enjoyed it. We had a really, really good um, Jungle Boy versus Dax Harwood match. The main event was lots of fun. Well, there were some really good promos in backstage settings. Cody, the Cody promo was fine. And yeah, I really thought it was a good show. Really good show considering that the big show is next week. Beach break next week. Really, really one of these, like one of these the specials that they do to like Brett. If there's a gap between the pay-per-views, they always have a special. And next week we've got the tag team battle Royal, which will be interesting. We've got Kip Sabian's wedding to Penelope, which will be, nah, it will be a wedding. Maybe it won't. Hopefully that's, hopefully that's when we get the Miro turn next week, but I'm not sure if they're going to do that. We've got Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. And in the main event, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus John Moxley, Pac and Phoenix. That's going to be a great match that next week, and it really looking forward to that one. Hopefully, I want to see Pack and Phoenix versus versus the Young Bucks. I want to see Pack and Phoenix versus FTR. Um, but yeah, really excited for next next week's beach break show. So yeah, that was dynamite. We've run through pretty much everything on the show that I wanted to talk about. I know it's draining listening to someone talk on their own for forty five minutes, but hopefully the show was all right. And as I say, Sunday is Royal Rumble. Myself and Tebs will be back Monday, Monday to do our Royal Rumble review show. I just want to say thanks to everyone who listened to the preview show. I think it's our most listened to, most downloaded show from all the all the outlets that we're on in the just over two years that I've been doing the podcast. So yeah, really happy with them. the amount of viewers, listeners, downloads that we got for that. So really appreciate it. Um, hopefully you'll tune into mine and Ted's review of the Royal Rumble on Monday. Hopefully it's a good show. Hopefully it's not terrible. I'm not quite sure about it myself, but yeah, not just the Royal Rumble, New Japan show Saturday morning, two Dragon Gate shows on Sunday. So yeah, plenty of wrestling to get your teeth into this weekend while you're stuck inside waiting for this to be over, waiting to be back in the pub, waiting to be back, taking your family out, whatever it is, waiting to go back on football. Oh, I'd love to be going Sheffield Wednesday versus Preston on Saturday, but instead I'll be watching it on this TV. Super Greg Cunningham's back. Not that anybody has a clue what that's on about, but hey, it's my show, so if I want to say it, then I can, but yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it. Make sure, I appreciate if people give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Um, I know someone messaged me saying they tried to do it, but it wouldn't let them. I think you've got to do it on, on your desktop for that, but I will look into that. Um Subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this video, comment below. Um, and yeah, find us, find us on Apple Podcasts. It's all up there, actually. You don't need me to tell you that. Apple Podcasts. 
Google, Spotify, YouTube, Twitter, Twitter, our Twitter handles are at the bottom for you. I don't even need to read it out anymore. So yeah, hopefully you enjoyed the show. I am out of breath. I am going to finish off what's left of my Fanta Zero. And yeah, I'll be back Monday with Tebs to talk about the 2021 Royal Rumble. Thanks for listening, everyone. And I will speak to you again on Monday.